Down to Watch strives to be a unique podcast dedicated to movies, TV, and music with a soft spot for cult classics. Join your hosts, K and D, for fun, games, and the occasional pop culture chat. This is Down to Watch. Welcome to episode 20 of Down to Watch, where we talk about TV, movies, music, and pop culture in general. You have joined us for the continuation of the journey to explore Ryan Gosling and his works. Today, we are here to talk about the United States of Leland. I am Kay, and my special guest today is a super fun young lady, <laughs> Ms. Courtney McShay, writer of um, Makeup Junkie Etc. blog. Hello. Hi, Courtney. Excited to be here. I am so happy that you're here. <laughs> I work with Courtney and it was like pulling teeth to finally get her to come and play. Slander. Oh. <laughs> but when she found out that she was going to ta- be talking about the United States of Leland, that was like, yes, please. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you could talk to anybody else about this movie. Okay, great. I'm the only option. Then I have brought, I've brought in the professionals. <laughs> I've brought in... <laughs> I've brought in the cap dog. Yeah. All right. It's that serious. Okay. So, first of all, <laughs> do you have any special feelings about Ryan Gosling? I feel like my relationship with Ryan Gosling is complicated. I, I feel How like so? it's so hard to... I was thinking about this today, and I feel like I fell in love with Ryan Gosling probably around whenever half nelson came out oh, yeah? and he was nominated for best actor okay. it was like i obviously have to see this and i checked that out and then i checked out the united states of leland and was obsessed it's one of my top five favorite movies ever love it so much all right but then i, I don't know lately i feel like what he's been doing i haven't been digging so much i know i know no, I can I can get down with that. Yeah. I think the last thing that I really enjoyed of his was um well, Crazy Stupid Love was funny and it was that cute. That was cute. And it was yeah. it was nice to see him, you know, naked and a lot and you know being really uh smug yeah. and condescending and I enjoyed that. Who They're doesn't kind of love like, that? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I loved the little uh a little assholishness behavior. Yeah. I appreciate that sometimes. I think we and all do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um but like as far as just like really hardcore, like great cinema, Blue Valentine, I think oh, was probably the last I, one. I loved that. That was a really good that movie. That was like, fantastic. It's a hard watch for some people, but I just thought everybody put their all into it. But we'll get to that one eventually. We're here to talk about United States of Leland today. Right. Um, just so you guys know, there are going to be spoilers, and I apologize for that. Um, so if you care about that, maybe you should turn this off, go watch the movie, and then come back. Watch it now. Yeah, if right. you don't care about that. Let's go. Let's continue on. Yeah. Um, we've got a little bit of nerdy news. The Gosling edition. Um, the Haunted Mansion. I never saw this, but apparently this was a Disney movie with Eddie Murphy in it like several years ago. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure anything about it, but it looks like Guillermo del Toro oh. is getting his hands on it. And um, Ryan is going to be starring in it as the new protagonist. And... Um, yeah, Haunted Mansion? I've yeah. never even heard that. I guess it's based on a Disney theme park attraction also. I've never name. been there. Yeah, I've never been there either. So <laughs> We've never been there. Come uh, right, on. Yeah. Look like, at us. <laughs> we are not Disney's target audience. 
Um, I, I did not see the original Haunted Mansion, which apparently starred Eddie Murphy. But this one is going to be a much darker version. I mean, obviously, you got With Guillermo the, del Toro right, involved. Right. And uh, so, you know, I'll see it. I will see it. Because of Ryan Gosling, right. I think, exactly. and because I mean, you know, I am such a such a huge fan of Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? This is it's all coming out. This is like, are you? <laughs> I am being dead serious because I saw that movie. That's the one with Charlie Hoonan, right? Yeah, okay. you know why I saw that movie, right? Yeah, I know exactly. What you saw and that. my friend that went with me told me you are going to hate this. Mm. He said, even though Charlie's in it, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. And I was glued to the screen. And my friend hated it. <laughs> he was like, that was the worst movie I've seen all year. Isn't Idris Elba also in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know I saw the movie. I don't really have any oh, thoughts about it one way oh. or another. But I mean, it's kind of a perfect storm for me. <laughs> it's I Yeah, mean, it's definite man eye candy. And, and there's just... one line in the movie that I quote at bars at least once a week. So <laughs> What's the line? The line is, um, there are these monsters, these robot monsters, and they're mm. called Jaegers. <laughs> and Idris Elba says to Charlie, would you rather die here or in a Jaeger? <laughs> and, and I say that every time I'm pressuring someone into doing a shot. So... <laughs> It brought me a lot of <laughs> That movie is near and dear to your heart. It really is. All right. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as far as like movie quotes go, and that's like absolutely yeah. perfect. Um, you found a, a very great way to bring it up every time. And every kudos time. Kudos to you for that. I mean, I There's hope... most of us that are forcing movie quotes into situations, but you. It's you applicable. You found the one that is just like smooth, right? Yeah. On in there. <laughs> I mean, you could be at any bar. And it's even also just enough where it's obscure enough as to where most people don't even know and they just right. think you're just that witty. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, if they don't get it, they just think I'm amazing, which they. <laughs> which they should. They should think that anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's all we've got for um, Gosling or Nerdy News this seg- this episode. But if you have some questions or some nerdy news that you would like to share with me, please post it to the Down to Watch Facebook page, or you can tweet me at DTW Podcast or send an email. Do it the old-fashioned way. The not, not the snail mail old-fashioned way, but <laughs> the email, downtowatchpodcast at gmail.com. Now we're going to get into this thing. All right. The United States of Leland Woo. was released in 2003, and here is the summary that I found on IMDb. After stabbing an autistic boy, the 16-year-old troubled and pessimistic Leland P. Fitzgerald is sent to a juvenile detention. His teacher and aspiring writer, Pearl Madison, gets close and tries to understand him, first with intention of writing a book and later becoming his friend. Leland slowly discloses his sad vision of the world. This was written and directed by Matthew Ryan Hogue. Um, our personal history with the movie. I own this DVD. Um, I've seen it only a couple times, mm-hmm. but oddly enough, like just those few times, it was enough. When I rewatched it, it was enough to stick with me because I yeah. knew like what was coming. I remembered what was coming up as it was going. So yeah, that kind of gives a nod to like the how much how good the movie actually is. So yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it. Like I own it. So in your personal history. I got into it. Yeah, I got into it. Like I said, after I watched Half Nelson, Mm -hmm. I was on a Ryan Gosling kick and I I got a hold of this movie. I own it, but 
my friend has it right now, Scott. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it I don't it just hit me. I, I don't know if it was the time that I watched it or it, it like you said it stuck with me and it's it's still one of my favorites. Yeah. All right. Um, well, like, let's get into the character and actor breakdown. Of course, this is starring Ryan Gosling as Leland P. Fitzgerald. And I like it that he introduces himself to people as such all the time. That was <laughs> so I noticed that rewatching it this week. And I don't know if I picked up on that. Just every time they say his full name. Right. It just is amazing. And it just kind of um, lets you know what kind of person he is. It's, it's like... He's serious, but I, I, maybe serious is kind of too strong, but um, he's a 16-year-old kid, and he's very literal. Exactly. Like things are very literal for him, and he um, he's in his head a lot. Right. But he seems like he's, you know, a very good person at heart, and um, we spend most of the movie uh, kind of learning about, slowly learning about his relationship yeah. with his father, um, what his little girl, his little relationship with his little girlfriend. Oh yeah, and um, just kind of figuring out who he is. Um, he's a very, very subtle, subtle. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. He's like he does get to you. Like he's. If I were yeah. to meet this person in real life, I would be very intrigued, and I would want to learn more about him. He's one of those people where every word that comes out of his mouth actually means something. Mm-hmm. He's not going to fill space. Right. So, uh, Like you said, with him being so literal and having these conversations with Pearl, and you mm-hmm. see him have conversations with his girlfriend, and I mean, there's something simple and genuine about it. Right. Like, you know, that really just makes you identify with them yeah and they're uh for example one of his like most literal moments is when um his girlfriend is saying that she wants him to be his her guardian angel and she's like you know she just kind of gets she just kind of wants someone to tell her everything's going to be okay and sometimes people just want you to lie to them and be like yes everything's going to be okay and that's what she wanted in this moment and he was like but it's not like how i can't i mean i don't know that it's going to be okay and you know i can't watch you all the time and you know and she's like i just need you to lie to me please Everything's gonna be okay. Your hair smells like strawberries. My shampoo, Dodo, it's not my hair. Mm, I still like it. Look, I'm, I'm serious, okay? I want you to say that you're always gonna be there. Well, sometimes I'm somewhere else. Tell me that everything's gonna be okay. I can't really make sure everything's okay. I know, but sometimes you say things that aren't totally true, but you say them anyways because you want it to be true, you know? Maybe maybe that's good enough. Tell me everything's gonna be okay. Will you whisper in my ear? It's all 
everything's gonna be okay. I thought that that scene is interesting for so many reasons. And for him, I mean, he, I think at the core of it, he's just honest. Mm. And that's nobody's honest. No, you know, right. not a lot of people can say. And whenever he says, I, I can't promise you that it's going to be OK. Right. It's just you're kind of like stabbed in the gut. It's like you're, you're right. You yeah. can't you can't do that. Absolutely. Um, all right. So moving on to Don Cheadle. As Pearl Madison. It's such a, I mean, first of all, it's such a good cast of people. Like, this is an amazing cast. It's, it's, and I had forgotten, like, how many heavy hitters were in this film. Same here. Like, Don, I mean, Don Cheadle has a huge part in it, but I, I'm kind of jumping ahead here. Mm Until this week, I had no idea that Kerry Washington was in this movie. Right? I no idea. About, completely forgotten about that. I was what? like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Just came out of nowhere. Like, oh my god, okay. Um. So, but yeah. So, uh, Pearl Madison is the teacher inside the juvenile detention center, and also an aspiring writer. And um, uh, Ryan or Leland gets assigned to his class, and um. Once he finds out about what his story is, uh, why he's in the detention center, then he decides that he wants to write a book about him. But then he becomes, uh, uh, he, he starts to care a lot about right. Leland. And, um, you know, uh, I think Pearl is kind of the, you know, where Leland is like the very honest person in this film. Mm-hmm. Pearl is not so honest and we kind of get a glimpse of that when he's like cheats on his wife or his girlfriend. Yeah. And um, he tries to cover it up and, or tries to, you know, uh, make it seem like it's okay or try to blame her. It's like, oh, you've been gone for three months. Like, what am I right. supposed to do? It's like, really? That's what you're going to go with? Right. <laughs> and it struck me when I was rewatching it. Um, he's talking with Leland about it. Leland knows right away that he cheated on his girlfriend. Right. He's like, how do you. <laughs> right. And <laughs> And what struck me was Leland's asking him, how would your girlfriend feel? And Pearl says, she's not going to find out. And I I mean, that just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. But it also got me thinking, I feel like Pearl is the everyman. And that's right. such, I think a lot of people would think that way. Right. Absolutely. What and she they, doesn't know is not going to hurt her, you know? Exactly. And then come and find out, she does find out. Right. Because he's careless. Right. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so that was, that's Pearl. And then, as we mentioned, Carrie Washington is the woman that he cheats on his girlfriend with. And he also works with her, which just bad move on his part, Pearl. Just bad move in general. I, uh, yeah. It's like, if you're going <laughs> to... And, you know, and uh, <clears throat> there's a point, like, once his girlfriend does find out about everything, um, Carrie's character, I think her name is Aisha, yeah. says, you know, it's important to me that your girlfriend knows that I didn't know that you had a girlfriend. That was so it's heartbreaking. Like, yeah. I, like, I Wow. I wow. felt for her so much. Yeah. That's... Just to be that clueless other person. That Right. Awful. Yeah. And how, like, his girlfriend finds out is that, you know, She's Carrie or Aisha is at the house at his apartment sleeping. He's in the shower. She answers the phone and it's his girlfriend. And she's like, but on the flip side, you've been to some, you've been out like a couple times or you've slept together a couple times. I would have never answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what. It's a little presumptuous. <laughs> and is. it's not even, it was just one, like uh, an old school not even a cell phone. Right. It she was just the house, the landline. Up the landline. 
like, and I'm sure you had a, an answer, a answer machine at that point. So why? Yeah, why you don't you pick up a landline. No, I don't. <laughs> People who still use landlines don't even pick up. Their right. <laughs> so you can count the times that if you have a landline, you've actually answered. Yeah. That Nobody's picking it up. Like it's bill collectors. Don't pick <laughs> <Right>. it up. <laughs> so speaking of girlfriends, we've got Jenna Malone is playing Becky, who is Leland's girlfriend. And Becky is a big old mess. Um, yeah. She, she seems, I guess um, she lives in one of the more, I don't know, I guess her family on the outside looks like they're the perfect, you know, mom, dad's in the home and she's got a sister and the little brother who's autistic. Um, His name is Ryan. And, um, but Becky is a high school student and apparently she's got drug problems. Right. And she is just kind of, but it's, and she's in like a private school because of it like her parents put her Mm -hmm. in a specific school because of that but it's i don't know it's not like 100 she's not like like drug problems right but it's definitely problematic in the shadows yeah creeping yeah right as to where she's like um uh she's like takes up with some older some grown oh yeah the drug dealer Yeah. yeah and um but where she meets leland uh they meet at like a record store or something. I loved that they showed how they met. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that because they, they don't show a, a whole lot of them being together. No. Like we see the meeting. We see the breakup. Right. Like we see maybe a little snippet of them together and it's like le- the rest of it is left for us to fill in the book. Absolutely. Which is was a lot of this movie. Um, a lot of this, the story is left for the audience to just kind of fill in the blanks. Right. Which is great. I mean, we did it's, this I mentioned that Leland was subtle, but this entire movie was kind of subtle. Yeah, that's a good point. And there, like, it wasn't a bunch of they could have hit us over the head with like a bunch of crap, like been dropping yeah. a bunch of anvils all over the yeah. place. Yeah, this is why drugs are bad. This is why yeah. you know you don't do this, and this is. But it was all very subtle, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um. So yeah. So when Becky and Leland meet, uh, I think he he calls himself like helping her like to get away from some dude that yeah some dude some guy her. was bothering her and he he kind of diffuses the situation yes. and it's just like it's such a sweet yeah a little awkward way and he's very shy and like it just even like he's like you know i just thought you needed some help and um and i think you're pretty right <laughs> right so i i mean he was smooth without trying to be right exactly. it was amazing <laughs> Leland P. Fitzgerald <laughs> dropping the game like what? <laughs> so um, Chris Klein plays Becky's sister's boyfriend. I love Chris Klein. Chris Klein's character. I forget his name. Alan. Alan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I guess I missed it, and when I rewatched it, but why was he lives with the family? Right. Why does he live with? The because family? his mom had just passed away, like recently in the past year, mm-hmm. and he said that his dad only had a relationship with his younger sister. Oh. So he said it was really natural and an easy decision to move in with the family. Could you imagine being in high school and you're? Your boyfriend living in no. your house? No. <laughs> Never. No. no. That's just got 
got to be so weird and just uncomfortable. I feel like it should never happen. I, I mean, I feel like that would be a horrible, torturous, emotionally scarring experience. <laughs> Absolutely. And we do kind of find it, find out that's what it turns into. Yeah. When um, the sister that he's dating, Michelle Williams... Um, I guess we they're both in this is the blah, 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 blah. this is their senior year in yeah. high school and where they're like applying to colleges and yada yada. And he finds out accidentally that she applied to some college that he didn't know about. And I guess their big plan was that they're going to go off to college together. And be together forever. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just another bad idea of reason why you don't let your high school right. your kids' high school boyfriend oh. move in with you. That's just it's like, oh, we're married. Um, yeah. And she, like, you know, has her little breakdown as to where why it's not a good idea. Right. And she just wants to go and be, you know, 19 and, and unattached. And, you know, she has very valid points about the situation. Oh, ab- <laughs> absolutely. Um, and, you know, speaking of Blue Valentine, this is like the second. This is the first time that Mike, Michelle and Ryan were in a movie together. I guess. I know. That's wild. But I don't think they shared any screen time. No, she Michelle Williams does not have that much screen time no, in this movie. I think she may have a page of dialogue. Yeah. Like that, and that's all like wrapped up in her breakup speech to Ellen. Yes. Um, but yeah, like she, I understand why she was put in there. Cause you see this family, you've got mom and dad and you've got Becky with the drug problem and you've got the autistic bro- son, um, Ryan, um, who's probably like junior high maybe i would say yeah probably around 13 yeah. or and um then you've got michelle williams who is just like you know she seems to be doing everything right and she's right. like going to college and she's playing by the rules and but you know she and we kind of see her little breakdown as well yeah. so we kind of we meet this entire family at the, at the beginning of the movie it starts with this tragic thing of their brother ryan being killed um, so moving on, Kevin flipping Spacey. Oh man, <laughs> that dude! I love me some Spacey. He is out of this world, and I love like you know how him and Cheadle had like an act off. Which is I just... know. <laughs> I was thinking that when I was rewatching it, the the scenes of them in the bar. Oh yes. Oh my god, they're talking oh, god. about. I mean, he sees that Don Cheadle. He sees through him right away. Right. And he reads him like immediately. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, it's fire. It's amazing. So, so um, Kevin Spacey plays Leland's father. I think it's Albert Fitzgerald. I think so. Um, and he is, he is all, he's an author. He's a successful writer. And, um, but um, Leland's parents are not married any longer. Right. They're divorced. And his dad lives in New York. Or no, he lives, lives somewhere. in Paris, I think. Yeah, Paris. Okay. And um, we don't, they never share any screen time really either. Leland and I don't dad, think at like Kevin all. and Ryan. I don't, I don't think so. Um, because, and I, and I read something that that was on purpose because the director wanted us to feel the distance. You know, yeah, exactly. Like that. They have no relationship um, at, towards like the, uh, as the movie goes on, we find out that, um, Leland hasn't had a, hasn't spoken really spoken to his father since he was six years old, and I'm assuming that's when the parents got divorced. Right. And you know, but we we also know that his father was sending him plane tickets like every year, every summer to come visit him. And everyone's like, "Wait a minute! What? I thought you said you like visit, you travel with your father, but apparently, like 
at one point like he was he like was 11, traveling yeah and he's just like you know i don't feel like going to paris to visit you yeah. i'm gonna stay in new york and his dad's like okay and that's what he does like every year after that he sends him a plane ticket and his dad encourages him to like go off and visit and explore new. right and travel it's like don't come see me i don't have time for this let's that is beyond any i can't imagine you you just send your son a plane ticket right. and you have no relationship with him i i'm amazed at people who are able to send their children on a plane by themselves to go visit someone specifically for, and, right you know, they, for you know, like a weekend right right <laughs> it's like i'm amazed by that because every so often you all see like the kids get off the plane yeah. and you know someone comes and signs for it's them like, and what are you stuff. doing like, you're imagine. too small i know yeah but yeah, so just let your kid and encourage him to just go off and yeah, visit someplace new every year and explore like by yourself. And I feel like that was one of the biggest reveals of the movie mm-hmm. was when you find out that he had been traveling and meeting other people while he was everybody else thought he was with his dad. Right. And, you know, and, and they there's like a couple uh, there's like maybe a, a couple small hints to it. When, right. Um, I think Leland's mom is talking to his dad and she's like well you just saw him like how like, oh yeah like, how was his how was he acting you know blah 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 and his dad just like hey you know like very, he has like, no answer yeah he's yeah. like avoiding the question and um and it's apparent like even his mom didn't know you know his dad was like encourage him to keep this little art still be our little secret exactly and yeah so <sighs> but kevin spacey ever everything that i've seen since i watched this movie he is Albert Fitzgerald to me, and yes. everything. He yeah, he, is. he absolutely is. Yeah, like from the in House of Cards, he's right. Albert Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and like, and the scene on the plane where he like asks some woman to buy her paper, yeah, or to have her paper, and she's like, "Don't I know you? Aren't you? Are you an actor?" He's like, "Aren't we all, dear?" Yeah, and I love that line. Oh my god. <laughs> bothering you but aren't you an actor aren't we all dear no 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 i mean a famous actor i know your face i was in stanley kubrick's musical the one about the alcoholic pirates i played captain morgan whenever you're done with the front page dear and just someone that is so cool but so awful yeah it's like wrapped up into He's kevin so spacey yes <laughs> yes i think that's another reason why i love kevin spacey so much <laughs> i hurt him so hard <laughs> He's so good um and also so i think that's oh his and you know some honorable mentions who these people don't really have that much screen time surprisingly uh lena olin plays ryan's mom and um martin donovan plays Becky, Becky's dad. Oh and, um, yeah, he was rest. pretty good. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm missing someone. There was another person that I wanted to mention, but like Martin Donovan, and I mostly know like he's one of those actors that pops up in a lot of things ever so often. And, right, um, and you recognize him, but you don't know where, like right. from which. The main thing that I recognize him from is Weeds. Oh um, yeah, he was the DEA agent that. Oh my Nancy, god, is that her name? Nancy yeah. fell in love with and yeah. married. And for some whatever reason, I was I found him strangely attractive. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think he's pretty hot in this movie. And not whenever you first see him, but as you get to know him and you see that he's trying to like hold everything together for right. his family. Mm. And oh, and that scene where he takes the gun oh, and yeah. he's planning to shoot Leland. Right. But then he stops and you just see his hand like slide out of his pocket. Mm. And just like his face, you see all of these emotions cross his face. I thought that he was a really strong dude with a lot of character. Yeah, he did a great job. Um, okay, so Michelle's character's name was Julie. Um, that was the other one. Sherilyn Finn. Mrs. Calderon. Yes, she plays. So um, while Leland is like, like jumping around and yeah. jet setting every year, he finds. I guess the first year that he decided to stay in New York where, you know, his father did not think this through all the way. He's like, yeah, sure. Stay in New York. But 11 year old Leland a can't kid. get, can't get a hotel room right. by himself because yeah. you know, they're not cool with it. So he's just kind of like tooling around New York and he um, decides to kill some time in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And he happens upon a family, a mom, dad, a daughter, I think. And, um, you know, he's got all his little luggage with him and they're all sitting there watching the movie and the family takes notice on him. He's like, oh, this kid has nowhere to stay. And so they invite him to come and stay at their house. And it's like Christmas time, too. I think it like was. Even, which just makes even matters even worse. Like, God, you are a shit dad. You're supposed to be with your dad. <laughs> oh it's Christmas. God. <laughs> but you're with strangers right. in New York. So they take him in and he stays with them for the time being and he builds a relationship with these people. Because he is like smitten with the mom, yeah. Calderon. Because oh. the what does he say? Um, There's an electricity in New York City, and the electricity was like reflected, reflected in her eyes. And so Sher- Sherry Lynn Finn plays Mrs. Calderon, who turns out to be Mrs. Robinson. Much oh, later. <laughs> yeah. Years upon years yeah. later. Um, so, okay. So I guess we're kind of jumping ahead with it. Um, so yeah, so we meet these people in the middle of this tragedy. And oh yeah, who plays Ryan, the little boy? Oh yeah, Michael Pena is also in this movie. He's uh, one of the little inmates in the juvenile detention center. Oh, I knew that I recognized him when I rewatched it this week. Wow. Yeah. So this story is told in a series of flashbacks, um, and. Why doesn't IMDb IMDb mention who plays? They don't tell you Ryan. That's the kid's name, right? Ryan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely Ryan. I don't see it here at all. Wow, major fail. IMDb. Absolutely. Oh wait, there we go. Oh, I guess he's just so he's all grossed up. Uh, Michael Welch, who. It looks like he was. I know I've seen him in other things. Yeah, hmm. I knew it. I was like, looks like he was in a Twilight movie. Yeah, he was in all the Twilight movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love your. I knew it. I mean, it just you were accusing him of something. You were taking it I to knew this. You were. <laughs> Damn you! How dare you, sir, Michael Welch, with your Twilight background. Michael Welch is now on your shit list. He's done. No mas, sir. Um, So, um, you know, the police are picking up Leland. They take him to the detention center. And we spend this entire movie. The biggest question is, why did he do it? Leland killed um, Becky's little autistic brother. 
And um, the biggest question is why? Why did he do it? And there's all these things that everybody wants to try to figure, make excuses as to why. Like, well, was were you mad at Becky because she broke up with you? Is yeah. that why you did it? Is it he kept saying, I don't blame Becky. I don't, I don't blame this person. Right. He said, I know, I know what you want from me. You want a why. Mm-hmm. And he really didn't have one until like, you know, we get to the end of it all. But, um, I don't know. God, this movie is just so good. Like, I, I can see exactly why this is would be one of your top five. Oh. Movies. And I had forgotten just how involved it is. It was um very well written, like extremely well acted. Right. Everybody did a phenomenal job. Everyone came up to the play. Everyone brought their A game. Exactly. Uh, um, like, I don't know if you had any particular scenes that you absolutely, that you love, that you wanted to mention. As- you know, one of my... One of the quotes that sticks with me, and and it has since I watched the movie for the first time, and it does now, is I think it's the the last time that he meets Mrs. Calderon, mm-hmm. and then they get it on. They do it, yeah. <laughs> so this is the most recent visit that he has. Right. With, so this right. has happened um, shortly before uh, he kills the little boy, um, and I don't know exactly like how long, but. At this point, Leland is starting to just notice he when he visited Mrs. Calderon, she is divorced. Uh, her daughter, I guess, doesn't live there anymore. Yeah. And he just saw this sadness in her eyes. And that kind of like him seeing her like that, who this woman that he had known and fallen essentially in love with. Right. For like the electricity in her eyes and who had been so kind and sweet to take him in so many times. Um, I guess that kind of did something to him. It shifted something in his psyche or in his emotions just yeah. to see like, you know, okay, she is now, he's seeing like this extreme sadness in her and now he starts to see it with everybody. Yeah. And when he's talking to her and he explains what happened with his girl, with Becky, mm-hmm. his girlfriend, and she tells him something, I just, I love it. She says, you have to believe that life is more than the sum of its parts, kiddo. And he says that at the beginning of the movie, but you don't know who said it. That's right. And then you hear how that came about at the end. And that line just hits me every time. It's really good. Every time. You have to believe that life is more than the sum of its parts, kiddo. That's a really good one. And then he, because then he starts musing on, well, what if you can't put the parts together? What if you can't, what if you can't look at it like that? Right. And it just all breaks down right. from there. And it's so heartbreaking. He starts to have basically like this existential crisis yeah. as to what's going on. And um, while he is in the detention center, one of the many interviews that he has with Pearl, one of the many conversations, and I think when he calls him on um, cheating on his girlfriend, oh, yeah. and he's like, you know, Pearl's like, I'm only human. What do you want me to do? And I love the fact that he's, I love the line where he's like, you know, why do we only say that? when we do something bad why do people only say that when they do something bad and only human like that why it's never like oh that guy saved a kid from a burning building he's um, only human yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was incredible will you tell me how's your girl oh miranda's great i meant the other girl oh that's just something that happened would it hurt miranda she found out about this something that happened? Uh, yeah. So why'd you do it? 
She's not gonna find out. Does that make it okay? Okay? Look, Miranda's been gone for a long time now, okay? I'm not even really sure where we stand. And I'm only human, man. It's funny how people only say that after they do something bad. You never hear someone say, I'm only human after they rescue a kid from a burning building. And I feel like that is the first and only time I've heard someone observe that. Yeah, in absolutely. this movie. Yeah, and it's—I don't think I've ever heard it. Before. Right. And that was one of the things that I remembered from it that I was like, yeah, right. I, I remember this. It and is just I've so. I've never heard it since. Profile. I I love it. Yeah, and it makes such good sense. Because yeah, why why is that? Yeah. Why is it we're only human when we're doing something? When we're making mistakes. Yeah. When we're doing something negative or it's our downfall right or something like that and making excuses right i think like the the whole part this movie is a really great just um study of human behavior yeah and with you you're seeing um how ryan has his mini little breakdown like what brings him to the point of killing the boy and then like the family just like how they just kind of implode Absolutely. Like, it's like a domino effect of what's going on. And um, talking about like uh, putting, um, filling in the blanks as to the relationships and stuff. Like we never really see like what the family's relationship was with Ryan before. I know. This happened. Like we never really see that. Like we see Becky walking him out of school. class. Yeah. yeah. And she seems like she, you know, she wholeheartedly loves him. Right. And, you know, that's her boy. Uh, but um yeah, it's just difficult. Like you don't see any sort of interaction with his right. between the mom and him, and you know the dad. It's there's some a loving moment, like a, a, for a split second. Right. But the mom seems more like bothered by him. Absolutely. So we're mostly we don't really know like just exactly how much he means to the family, but you know it's just one of those things. Another thing we fill in the blanks like it. So it means something different to so many to different people yeah and as we see all of their reactions on how they do we see michelle williams just mm. crumble and and every scene she is just right. sobbing yeah. by herself and we see the dad you know we see the dad try to get some kind of retribution but mm. then think yeah. about it and right. and it's just you know it without seeing right what you know yeah and I love, uh, back to Chris Klein's character, mm-hmm. uh, he is, he's just so fantastic in this role. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think, I, I don't know, he was just such a huge part of this movie. I don't, we don't get to see that much really great stuff come out of Chris Klein. I, that's exactly, <laughs> like I wanted I, to I, find I, a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Like the last thing that I recall him being in that I really got a kick out of his character was uh, Just Friends. Did you ever see that with I Ryan Reynolds? I did not see that. That movie is funny. <laughs> so <laughs> Chris Klein has an Oscar performance in Just Friends. Just Friends. That's what I just sure, heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, starring Ryan Reynolds and, and Anna Ferris. <laughs> That's Oscar. That's Oscar yeah. gold right there, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. But in this movie, he is—he just 
is a different actor. He's mm. so good. Yeah. And even though you know that Michelle Williams breaking up with, you know that's the right thing, mm-hmm. but you just feel for him. I mean, he had everything that could go wrong. Like his, his mother died. He's with this family that's not really his family. Right. People look at him weird because he's living with his girlfriend's right. parents. Yeah, and we're absolutely looking at you weird because of that. Yeah. <laughs> and and then everything and then Ryan is murdered and and then I think in the end I feel like he just wanted to control something. Yeah. I feel like everything was out of his control. Yeah, that's absolutely. Um so yeah, so we get to the point and like I said before, we're going to spoil this. Yes. So um so we finally find out why, and it's still not even, you know, it's never, nothing's going to be a good reason as to why he murdered this kid. Yeah. But his reasoning behind it is that he started, once he came back from Mrs. Calderon, um, Leland started to notice just all the sadness all around. And especially with Ryan, because he started to feel really bad for him. Like he was obser- he was observing him uh, with his teacher or um, a student teacher or something. Yeah. He was like, he could tell. He was he was bummed out because they were just teaching him all these words, like only words to stay, stay away, away from, right. like poison or, you know, traffic or, you know, things like that and not strawberry or, you know, something nice and sweet. And yeah. he, he could tell that he was starting to, he had a crush and liked um, this. Oh my God, I, I'm getting a little choked up I know. thinking about it. Those <laughs> scenes where Leland is watching Ryan and he's right. talking about, those scenes are heart-wrenching. They are heart-breaking. You can't. Like you see like the pain and it's like as. And God, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan, <laughs> you got Ryan Reynolds on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling did such an amazing job because, sure, he started off in the film. At, or, or, he's st- not in the film, but he kind of starts off when we, in the beginning of the story, not the film, but the beginning of his story. Like he's a very serious, literal, honest kid, but. He's not sad. He's not hurt. He's just kind of, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. And he does such a great, and even though all of his emotions are so fucking subtle, like I you know. still like see, like once he's come back from Calderon and he's like watching Ryan with interact with his teacher, there's just broken. such a pain on his face and like just eyes kind of slightly welling with tears, yeah. not even like cr- full on crying. No. But, oh my God. And so like he's watching this and then he just decides, he, he, I guess his, reasoning for killing him is that he is freeing him from this ultimate sadness that he's just going for this to live life that's ahead of him yes. right he feels like this person ryan is trapped inside of this inside of his own mind and he's not going to be able to get outside of it and it's just going to be just a a, a lifetime of heartbreak and right. pain and he doesn't want him to deal with that so it was in his mind a mercy killing <laughs> Some kids playing baseball. All I see is uh, the one kid they won't let play because he tells corny jokes. No one thinks they're funny. Or I see a boy and a girl in love and kissing, you know. I just see that they're gonna be one of those sad old couples one day who just cheats on each other and can't even look each other in the eye. And I feel it, I feel all of their sadness. Feel it probably even worse than a sad old couple or that corny kid will ever feel it. Do you feel like that now? 
Well, mostly I keep it out. Did you feel like that after you fought with Becky? Uh, maybe. After you got back from New York? It doesn't matter. Because no, telling you about it and getting all sad and junky. Well, it never changes anything. Because nothing can make what happened unhappen. You know, we find this out just through a series of uh, him journaling and talking to Pearl and stuff like that. And it's never, it's very, it, it's once again, very subtle. Like, we don't just get like, bam, this is my reason. This is what, right. So, um, Chris Klein, uh, Alan, he, you know, after Julie, Michelle Williams, has broken up with him, he feels like, I think, he feels like, you know, had this not happened, had Ryan not been murdered, then, you know, probably everything was still been fine. He's like, you know, everybody's so They sad. would have been together right. in college together. Right. So yeah. he's just kind of like, he loses it um, after he goes and retrieves Becky from the drug dealer's house. Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Like, he does that, too. Yeah, that was he like just his, like, first, his first state of affairs. Yeah. Was to go snatch Becky back up. Yeah. It was like Sons of Anarchy finale <laughs> style. Like, he's like taking things right. off his list before he, you know, like the big ending. Right, before his big finale. I relate everything back <laughs> to Kurt Sutter dramas. It's like, oh my god, my lunch was so much like Sons of Anarchy. It was so Opie. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so after, um, he brings Becky back from the drug dealer's house, some time has passed and then I guess, you know, we don't see this, we just kind of see it unfold and we don't know his plan, but he steals the dad's gun and he goes and holds up, uh, uh, mechanics. Oh yeah. He like, um, you know, takes the money from them and a place that he, that they know him. Yeah, so because they weren't reacting. No, he was like, "Oh, hey!" When he came in there, he's like, "You got that blah 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 fixed?" Or, yeah, or that blah blah blah. I seen the ghost or something like that. And it seemed like they car thought talk, he was joking. Talk, car talk. Yeah, <laughs> like they thought that he was joking. They're right. looking at him like, "You would never do this." Right. We like, know what you. Are you doing? Come yeah. On. What's happening? He's yeah. Like, Give me the money. He pulls a gun on him and is like, "Give him the money." He holds him up, steals the money, and um goes home apparently and then like the cops come and swoop him up you know the mechanic calls the police they swoop him up and uh he goes to the juvenile detention center now for whatever reason and i'm not clear on this uh there are from what we see there are two sets of boys in the juvenile detention center there are boys in blue jumpsuits and there are leland and his boys in orange jumpsuits yeah they call them Leland, they call him special handling. Oh, really? So I took that to mean, you know, people that have committed a severe, uh, uh, like a, a horrific crime. crime. I, I took it that way. Okay. Because they, you know, they weren't allowed outside. They weren't out, like they had all of these restrictions. Okay, so that's why they weren't allowed outside. I think I was so. wondering why they weren't going outside at all. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why. So, um... You know, Leland makes a couple little, like, pseudo-friends in the detention center, and uh, he asks Pearl to, like, do him a solid and give him some yard time so they can go play basketball. Because um, Pearl has broken a couple other rules within his work uh, from, like, because he wasn't supposed to be going to, like, interview and, like, talking to Leland at all. And um, so he got 
moved to another class. So he's no longer Leland's teacher. So he's moved to the blue kids class, the blue jumpsuits class. And I love the way that this unfolds. Is that I know. So we don't really notice. So at some point, we see that Pearl like brings his lunch and he's got kiwis and he brings in a real knife, which I feel like shouldn't have been al- shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I mean that was a little sketchy, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe the times have changed so much. I, I I don't know that yeah. that was a little spotty that right. he would have a real yeah. knife. Yeah, so he brings in like his kiwis <laughs> and a real knife. And he takes this lunch of his, his snack, to the classroom with him. Right. And, you know, we see that, <clears throat> you know, and it's such, like, a really great way that it unfolds is that, you know, we just, they, they don't hit you over the head. Like, he, he's, like, washing off, at the beginning of the day, he's, like, washing off the knife. And then, you know, we take to him in the classroom. He's, like, making a phone call. And we just see, like, all the boys in the blue suits now. He's a new, his new class. Ryan and his boy, is the orange suits are outside playing basketball. And then while Pearl is on the phone, I think, he notices that his knife is missing. And the boys in the blue jumpsuits are going outside as well. And then we find out that Chris Klein, that Alan, is one of the boys in the blue suits. And he has snagged his knife. And he goes up and sticks Leland, kills him. And even just, like, Leland's reaction to him. Like, the way that Alan runs up on him... It's not in a friendly manner. No. And Leland's just like, oh, hey, Ellen, what's up? Right. He, he saw a familiar face. Right. And just, just thought nothing of it. Right. He thought that he was coming over to give him a hug or like right. say hi. And just, yeah. And you're right. The way that they did that, the way that you didn't know that Chris Klein was there until right. he, he leaves the line right. with the night. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. So, and then you start to realize he got into jail on purpose yeah. for this for this reason. Yeah, it all this unfolds. This is why he did all this. This is why he held up a mechanic that knows him. So they would know for sure where to find him. Right. So it's just, yeah. Oh, man. It's just, and still, the little dick chills. Just, oh, every just, time. Every time oh. it's just sobbing. Every time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I thought the notebook was bad with the tears. Yeah. <laughs> and I I wanted to ask you because I was rewatching it and I find it kind of like skeevy now that Pearl wanted to write a book about him. Right? Do you feel that way? I feel it's, yeah, it's a little it's it's very skeevy. Yeah. It's absolutely wrong and there's no way around it. Because that's, that's, it's not, number one, he has Pearl's best interest at heart. Because, yeah. Because he feels like, you know, this is going to get me where I need to be as a writer. I see, like, this is a great story. So exactly. And I never really fully believe that he's got Leland's best interest at any point in time. Like, he may get a little huffed and puffed and bothered when, you know, he meets up with his dad and like right. tries to read him the riot act for you know not having a connection with his kid but i don't i don't fully buy it i don't fully buy that pearl is like a very selfless individual um, i know and that and i don't think i caught that the first few times that i watched it yeah. i don't think that that bothered me as much as it does now yeah like it, it just it just does not seem like 100% wholehearted wholehearted just like 
you know, yes, this is, and like he really is interested in what makes Leland tick, or you know, yeah. There's just, it's not there's like a lack of sincerity there that I feel. <clears throat> and I don't know if you have seen this movie, but I just watched Startup with uh, Jack O'Connell. It's a British movie. Hmm, I haven't seen that about um, this kid. He's probably around Leland's age, and he is play. He's what they call startup, uh-huh. which means that you are so awful and violent that you're moved to this high security adult prison. Oh my god! But it's really similar because he has a teacher who takes this special interest in him and brings him to this group therapy session that he's not supposed to be going to because he's startup. He's uh-huh. not supposed to have any privileges. But in that movie, the teacher is such a different character because you never see an ulterior motive. You mm. only see him as this right. person who really wants to help this, I mean, basically a kid, a kid right. who doesn't know, who has been through hell, you know? Right. And so I was thinking about that last night when I rewatched it. Yeah. That's a very good point. And um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, by the way, this was the director's first, like feature film debut. Like, this was his first oh feature Oh my gosh, film. I did not know that. Like, he wrote it and directed it, his first feature Insane. film. Insane. Right? It's so good. And oddly enough, like I was looking at some of the stuff, and it's got like really low ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Are and, you serious? Yeah, and it wasn't really, like the critics really didn't like it that much either, which I find insulting, actually. I... Like, it's, it's, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, what more do you people want? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's got, like, a 37 Metascore on IMDb right now out of 100, I guess. 37? Yeah. That is like, ridiculous. I have seen far worse movies. Who is, what? like, who are these people? I don't know. And I don't agree with it at all. No. And I, I really, I feel like you guys need to explain yourselves. Yeah, that is just unacceptable. Hmm. And I guess now this is one of the like shitty reviews from the New York Daily News. There's a reason filmmaking is considered a craft and Hogue, a former teacher in a juvenile prison, cannot pull off what would be a tricky proposition for a skilled veteran. So I guess Hogue, I, the most interesting thing I got out of that was that Hogue the, the, he was, was a, a yeah, he was a former teacher in a juvenile prison. Huh. I mean in the, in my opinion that makes it even better. Right. <laughs> I mean, screw you, yeah. You don't know your. You don't know. And there's another like the highest one, highest rating that I see on here is 63, but yeah, like on average the Metascore is 37, which is stupid. I don't get it, and I also don't get a lot of people have never ever heard of this movie. Really? Uh, At least in my experience. You know, you'll be talking to someone, oh, what are what are your favorite movies? Mm-hmm. Like, number one, who asks that? Like, <laughs> who has an answer? But if you, if I bring this movie up, like... What do you mean? You don't have an answer? I always ask that question. <laughs> well, no, I just think that the answer is so broad and in-depth. I mean, you would have to go into what kind of mood am I? What is my favorite movie yeah, for... Uh, you know, like, yeah. I, I feel like the answer has so many offshoots. 
Yeah. There's it, not there's one like, solid answer. There's subgenres to each right. one. Right. It's like, well, this is the five movies that I really like to watch when I'm feeling down. Right. Or when I am sick or when I am like extremely happy. I'm in the yeah. I'm going out to party or Yeah, know, there's like answers that. to that, but not not what is your favorite movie? Oh, I don't know. I absolutely have an answer to that. You when, do? My, my one hundred yeah, my absolute favorite movie. What is your absolute favorite movie? Psycho. I did not know that. <laughs> favorite out of everything. Out of everything. Oh like my I will God. absolutely like and the way that I determine this is that for one, I've probably seen it at least a hundred times. Yeah. Two, I was insanely I was like in a fury after I went to see the remake. Oh That must have been bad for you. Furious. Oh my god. Three, I absolutely love like anything that's got like the imagery on there. Yeah. Like I will purchase like buttons. Like I've got like the door hanger over there. It's yeah. like Bates Motel. Like, yeah. you know, like t shirts. I will like tchotchkes, I will scoop up like yeah. like Bates Motel, Norman um Bates, you know, Psycho, And you watch the Alaska. Bates Motel show. Yes, and I absolutely love it. Like, Just bring it back to Opie. Right, here. right. Bring it back to Opie <laughs> every time. Bring Opie back. <laughs> Bring Opie back is, is, is the bottom line here. Hi, Kurt Sutter. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's how I, you know, Psycho is my absolute number one. And if it's on TV, I will absolutely stop and watch it. Yeah. So, and I can, and I can quote it like a lot. I could probably, if I sat down and thought about it, I could probably just go ahead and recite the entire movie. That is impressive to me. <laughs> probably. That's super impressive. <laughs> I love that about you. So yeah, so I I do have an answer for that one. Um. So another uh, cool thing, like I really enjoyed the soundtrack for this. Did film. you really? I liked the music, like it. Not like this oh my is God, my I'm one gonna... beef with the movie. Okay, it's not like oh yeah, I'm gonna go out and buy this. I thought it made it 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 placed very well. Oh it, my it, God! I thought it set the scene very well for me. And like at the very end, I don't know what the song was at the end credits, but um. That kind of made me like cry a little bit harder. Right. At the very end. I do agree on that part. Yeah. But no, the main, the only problem that I have with the movie is the music. Really? I think that they could have like knocked it out of the park (laughs) with it, you know? Well, maybe they just didn't have have it in the budget for (laughs) any really good music. Like I couldn't uh, pull out any specific songs. Like I would have yeah. to. Like they all kind of sound the same to me. Like they a lot of do. that. But it was. It felt right. Like it went with along with what was happening. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm not gonna rush out and buy it. I probably won't even listen to it. No. Again, but <laughs> I just. I think they could have done something so much better. They probably could. And um, had they had it in the budget to do that, then they probably would have. <laughs> their, their meta score probably would be up a little bit. <laughs> More people would know what this movie is. <laughs> so, oh, star ratings time. Unless, okay. Unless there was a certain uh, something else you wanted to pinpoint. Okay. Um, the movie itself, I give it between one and five, um, like a four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. And I, I gi- it, yeah. I it? give it a five. Okay. It's one of my favorites. Right. Um, and Ryan's performance, I give that a five. How how can you not give it a five? It's just uh, how can you not? And it's uh, yeah because like it, this is, I think at this point in his career, this may be a character that we haven't seen him we hadn't seen him do before. Right at this point in time, because I think like a year before was when Murder by Numbers came out. You're right. 
And that was just like a complete, like still a murderer. They're both murderers, but just like this guy has no feeling whatsoever. You know, yeah. the other one and, the, and this one like feels everything. So, and it's just like the murder by numbers characters up here. And then Leland P. Fitzgerald is like down here. Like a, it's just, they're so vastly different. And I just give him just major applause for being able to pull it off. I mean, he, he just took over that character right. and, and he was, Le- he was yeah, Leland. Absolutely. Just amazing. Oh, so good. So good. And obviously, are you down to watch it again? Always. Yes, I will definitely watch. I can watch this again. And if you guys are interested in watching it, um, you can go to Amazon. It's available for rent on um, the instant Amazon for two ninety nine. So check that out. That's what I did because Scott has my DVD. <laughs> Scott, give her back her DVD. <laughs> that's the second time now <laughs> during this podcast that's been mentioned. We're going to come back around to it again before we're done. Mm-hmm. So we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with um, some more fun Gosselin stuff. Oh, Now it's time to get into what I like to call the Gosling gauge. Oh, okay. There are certain things that Ryan does in um, every movie. Yeah, just about, okay. just about. Um, but there are a lot of things that he's known for. Uh, number one, does he sing or dance in this movie? No, which is shocking to me. Um, this is. Well, I guess there was. They were in a records. St- no, he didn't sing or he anything. He didn't sing. Like I thought, there would have been a perfect. There would have been a n- nice moment for him to have sang a lullaby or something. Yeah. Or and up until this point, the only other movie that he did not sing or dance in, unless you count the Hebrew chanting, is The Believer. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we should count the Hebrew chanting. I did count it. Good. <laughs> so this has been the first I know movie. You. <laughs> this has been the first movie that I reviewed um, in his filmography that he has not sang or danced. Oh in. my god! How many in are we? That um, he has not sang. Wow. Uh, I want to say like five. Wow. This might be the fifth. So that is a huge part of, okay. Exactly. And I know like almost for a fact that everything after this has got to be, maybe, maybe there's like one, like, I forget what it's called. Is it fret? Not fracture. Um, not half Nelson. There's another one that he's like in, uh, I don't know, like whatever, but I'm pretty sure there might be one other one that he doesn't do either one in, but I'm pretty sure it happens in wow. just about all of his movies. That blows my mind a bit. It's cute. It's a nice little thing. It's yeah. Just like, oh, I can definitely make, sh- I, I can count on Ryan to sing or dance. And it's not like, you know, like a showboat kind of no. thing. Um, just a yeah. small just little, a little snippet. Yeah. Just enough to be like, yeah. Something to remember. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, is his character off-putting or eccentric? Yes. Yes. So eccentric. Mm-hmm. And off-putting, I guess. But I don't find... I mean... Personally, I don't find him off-putting. No. But I could see how people would. I think you probably feel this way, too. But I, more than anything, identify with him. Right. You know? Just his empathy and the way he sees things. Mm -hmm. And he's not about the bullshit. Yes. Which is what I really appreciate. What would make me, like, really want to get to know this person. Right, right. Did he disappear into his character? Absolutely. Hell yes. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if there's going to be one where he doesn't. 
disappear? Um, from what there was one, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Like that's another it's, thing that he's really good at. That doing. is why this is the yes. Gosling's game. exactly. <laughs> Um, is his character <laughs> the character smug level one through five? Oh, I don't think he's smug. I would say it's two from one through five. Um, just because he may not be like the in the traditional smug, the, yeah. the traditional smug, but there is a, a little bit there of accidental smugness. Just because of the way that he sees and views the world, just like how he called uh, Pearl out on cheating on his girlfriend immediately and it's like it's you know he's just talking you know to him he's just like you know i'm just asking questions and i'm just stating the obvious bro but somebody pearl is you smug bastard yeah so it's like i think now that you say that it i I totally see that because and the like his perception of feeling everything deeper than everybody else does mm-hmm. that's true right but i think you're right there's a little bit of a little bit of smug there yeah just a pinch yeah and is his character sexually attractive he's so young can we can we say that i mean just just say you're 16 Oh, I'm 16? Yes. Yeah, so oh, ob- hell yeah. Let's, so at 16, yeah. 16-year-old Courtney. Oh, my God. Would have absolutely gone for. <laughs> I would be off the charts, like, stalking this guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I think I would definitely, 16-year-old Camille would definitely um, befriend him. Yeah. If he had ridden a skateboard, then it would absolutely have been on. Like, game on. <laughs> All you need is a skateboard. Okay. But yeah, I definitely would have befriended him. And maybe, you know, probably like a couple make-out sections. Yeah, sessions. that's a given. Yeah. <laughs> I like, mean, you're 16. Yeah. This, yeah. Well, sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that's the end of the Gosling Gage. Um, and I also started to do, like, the Bechtel test on, these, on the films that... A review? Yeah. So the rules of the Bechdel test are as follows. Um, it has to have at least two named women in it. This movie does have that. Right. They have to talk to each other. They do do that. Uh, about something besides a man. Now, that's questionable. Are you, are you thinking of the same scene? When with... they're on the bed? Like, yes. Uh, Michelle. Michelle will... and, yeah. Yeah. Can you say that that's not about a... I know, because it's really about Ryan. Yeah. Their brother. And it's also about Leland. About Leland, too, her yeah. boyfriend. So, no. So, no. Nope. And the other women don't have scenes together. No. Like, the mom might have a scene with the girls one at a time, but I'm sure they're talking about Ryan. Yeah. Or, or Leland, probably Ryan. Or maybe even, um, like, Alan. Or, yeah, yeah. Alan. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, nope. So, this movie fails. fails. Oh. Sorry. No matter, it's a I mean, bit it's, of a bummer. Yeah, it is. But it's, um, I don't know. It's like, surprisingly enough, like once you get into it, it's a, it's not many, mo- like it's hard to find movies that actually follow it or that actually can go into Can pass it. that, yeah. yeah. So now here comes my favorite part. Ooh. We read from the Book of Gosling. <gasps> oh my God. 100 Reasons to Love Ryan Gosling. Only 100. I know. You're the second person to, to, <laughs> to make that Courtney. notice of only 100. <laughs> so cheesy. Stealing other it. people's stuff. Uh, but now it's fine. 
Um, this movie is, or this movie, this uh, book is written by Joanna Benick. So if you guys want to check the book out, um, it's only like, I think it was like 10 bucks on Amazon. So you should um, definitely. Well worth it. Yeah, totally. Because there's like nice little pictures, you know. There it is. Got Rye Guy there. Um, I got to figure out where I left off here because I've been kind of going through five at a time. Um, here. Oh, okay. We're at number 26. He's happy to be pulped for the good of the movie. Rai Rai's not one of those <laughs> egomani- egomaniacs who only wants to play superheroes. While in Drive, Rai's the one doing the pummeling. On the set of Gritty Bloodfest, Blood Bloodfest, Only God Forgives, he suggested major changes to the screenplay because he felt it would be totally riddick for his character to single-handedly beat up a highly skilled Muay Thai martial arts expert. The changes were made, and Argos himself puts it, I don't think I land one punch on anyone. It's just having my ass handed to me the whole time, and it's more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. That is a reason to love him. Number 27, he loves animals. Oh. Right? Has Look just, at that picture. I know. Oh, my. Is it? Oh, my. Rai has described his, jo- his dog George as his soulmate. Eva Mendez was unavailable for comment. <laughs> George Gosling, to give him his full name, gets to go to places that ordinary canines rarely do, i.e. on talk shows and into Ryan's arms whenever Ryan carries him. Not walks him, carries him through airports. <laughs> Ryan and George's bond is one of perfect love and trust, apparently designed to melt the average woman's heart into a warm puddle of pheromones and corn syrup. I, for one, would happily be Ryan's bitch, but I know he's far <laughs> too feminist to ever use a word like that. That is amazing. Can you imagine walking up on Look that on the street? Look at that. Like, what would, I, heaven help anybody. Heaven help us all if I ever come <laughs> within five miles of Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Ten miles. Let's put it that way. Like, game on. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not playing. I know. Games. I know that you're serious. <laughs> I'm hardcore serious. I will take vacation. I... Sorry, Eva. Nothing. No diss. No disrespect no. to you. No disrespect to my it's husband. It's just the way it is. But that's just the way. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry. Number 28. He doesn't buy into the game. While prepping for the role of pickup artist extraordinaire Jacob in Crazy Stupid Love, Rye did a lot of research into chatting up girls. He suffers for his art, including (laughs) reading up on popular girl snaring technique, the game. Basically, the rules of said game are to unnerve and unsettle the victim. I mean, girl, by saying negative things about her and coming across as a confident a-hole who doesn't really like her and thinks he could do better. The idea is that she will then be so confused and keen to please that she'll do anything to hook up with you. Great. Deception, calculation, and humiliation sounds like the perfect start to a happy relationship if your life is scripted by E.L. James. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, his rightness is not a fan of this icky method. I read that book, The Game. I call it, I like to call it The Lame. Oh. You tell him, Ryan. Burn. (laughs) (laughs) God, I'm so glad I don't. Do people, this book, The Game, dudes are really... There are dudes out there that really believe that crap? I mean, I'm sure that there are, but 
it's just horrible. I, and I, I, I feel I don't that know. she will be so confused and keen to please that she'll do anything to hook up with you. What are you six? Yeah, it's like, like the plot to like a sitcom, but only one episode of it. Right. You know, like <laughs> it sounds like. And when does Mister Furley come in? Like it sounds like Three's <laughs> Company episode. He can do the dirty dancing body lift number twenty nine. Yeah, as he's so able. As he so aptly and absly demonstrated with that hashtag lucky bitch, Emma Stone (laughs) and crazy sexy love. That's the body lift that Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey did while I've had the time of my life played in Dirty Dancing, the film that defines every girl's youth. If Ryan was yeah, unable not, to not do, me either. yeah. If Ryan was unable to do anything else except breathe and chew, this ability alone would still make him my prime prime marriage material. I mean, it's a turn on for a guy to be able to lift you above his head, but I mean, Dirty Dancing is just not one of my. It top doesn't like, do it for me. Movies. No, <laughs> like, I, it would be so far on the list of like even eight just 80 yeah, mo- just 80s like movies top 80s movies or teen any kind of dancing genre. movies like yeah like movies with it'd Patrick be like Swayze. behind like step up three yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah no <laughs> doesn't hit it i don't know it's not my jam people love it i don't know why it's i don't know and number 30 his taste in women Sure, Mr. Gosling likes his women uber beautiful, but he also wants them to be intelligent and independent. Names in his little black book include not only Sandra Bullock and Rachel McAdams, but also Blake Lively and Olivia Wilde. What? Blake Lively? Yeah, I had no idea. That happened? I feel like I keep pretty close tabs on anybody that was in (laughs) Gossip Girl, and I feel like I would have known that. Wow, Ryan. And we completely fit <laughs> right in with that awesome lady crew. Totally. Don't hate them at all. <laughs> so, yes. And that was the book of Gosling. 100 Reasons to Love Ryan Gosling. What a book. I'm glad that that exists. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, I don't know. The Blake Lively thing, I'm still a little skeptical. I would like to think that this woman uh, did some research. You think that she did more research than I did? <laughs> Sources, Joanna. <laughs> Where did this drivel come from? <laughs> Holy cats. <laughs> well, now we've come to the end, Courtney. Wow. We are done already. Mm-hmm. We did great. This that was, was a good experience. I'm glad. I had a great time. I had the best time. My drink is full <laughs> as it usually is, but... <laughs> This has been amazing. Outstanding. Where can folks find your blog? Oh, my blog. I do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find my blog at makeupjunkieetc.wordpress.com. Sweet. Do you tweet? I don't tweet. Should I tweet? I think you should. I think you are, you are funny enough and delightful <laughs> enough to get uh, enough of that across in a hundred. I feel like I would start getting banned from places, <laughs> you know, because I talk a lot of shit, like in my like to you or guys. We're just gonna have to use like veiled yeah. descriptions of things. Yeah, like, you can't get specific. You can't hashtag anybody in there, or you can't oh, like specifically yeah. tweet at people. Right. But, you know, I would totally enjoy your tweets. That's it's a that's coming. You I think I, I feel it. 
I feel, and and I also feel like you should like you, live tweeting would have been, <gasps> been your thing. Like when Justified was on, I think you kind of missed the mark there. I totally did. These like Walton Goggins. I am. I mean, I would follow Walton Goggins through hell and back. I'm pretty sure five he twenty. He what? I think he does. I think he has a Twitter account. I follow his Instagram oh, and I screenshot them a lot <laughs> and uh, crop them and do things to them. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I remove his small child. I, I'm not saying, and that's not. I'm not nothing. I'm proud of it, but <laughs> it has happened. But I would love to find him on other. I mean, I want to be all in. You gotta. You like to find him on Twitter and yeah. Facebook and yeah. on your couch. Yeah, <laughs> you know, things like that. Let's just go full full speed. I don't do things half speed. I didn't know he had a co- had a kid. Yeah, he has a son. Huh. He's like three or four. Oh. He's super cute, but I mean, he's still a child that Walton Goggins has. That I'm resentful of his love and attention. <laughs> Well, before this turns creepy and Walton Goggins gets a hold of it, um, (laughs) we're going to sign off for now. Um, If you guys have any sort of movies or TV or music that you think that I should take a look at and review and bring a folk on, then uh, let me know. Send me an email, downtowatchpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet DTW Podcast or visit the Down to Watch Podcast Facebook page. Subscribe, follow, like us, link, share. Show me love. SoundCloud, iTunes. And um, thank you, Courtney. Thanks, Camila. I hope to uh, do this again. I need to do this again. It was great. This was amazing. (laughs) I love you. I love you. (laughs) Goodbye, guys. Bye. (laughs) This has been a Rugged Angel production.